Welcome to the WP Builds Podcast, bringing you the latest news from the WordPress community. Now, welcome your hosts, David Wormsley and Nathan Wrigley. Hello there and welcome to the WP Builds Podcast. This is episode 118 entitled, We Know Nothing About Website Pricing. And I'll be doing that chat a little bit later with my friend David Wormsley from davidwormsley.com. Today's episode was published on Thursday the 7th of February 2019. My name's Nathan Wrigley from pictureandword.co.uk, a small web development agency based in the north of England. And as I said, I'll be joined a little bit later by David Wormsley from davidwormsley.com. Before that, though, a couple of things to mention, some links I'd like to point out to you. They're all over at wpbuilds.com forward slash something. And basically, they use the menu items at the top of the website. The first one is forward slash subscribe. You can join our newsletter sign up for our Facebook group. We do everything on the YouTube channel as well, so you can join that. And it also has links for Messenger updates, uh, our Slack channel, and things like the podcast feed so that you can get us on your favourite podcast player or join us on iTunes, that kind of thing. The next one is forward slash deals. If you go over to the deals page, then you'll be able to see that we've got a whole heap of deals on WordPress products. Wallace Inline, Project Huddle, Ground, WP Ultimo, if so, and the list goes on. Get 20, 20%, 25% off some cool WordPress products. The next one is forward slash webinars. And if you join us on our webinars, you can find out from people such as Adrian Toby from Groundhog, Tina Todorovic from Social Web Suite and Chris Brad Badgett from Lifter LMS. They'll all be talking about their cool WordPress products. Join us and you'll be able to get your questions answered. Speaking of join us, if you go to forward slash contribute, you'll be able to sign up and join me, do a podcast episode with me, and we'll put it up on the interweb so that people can see some of the cool stuff that you've done recently with WordPress or anything else. Forward slash win if you would like to win something from WP Builds. In this case, it's from themify.me, and we've got a whole hope of whole host of stuff that they're giving us. One lifetime club membership, three master club memberships, and five ultra theme memberships. That closes on March the 12th. So you've got a few days to enter that. And lastly, forward slash advertise if you would like to advertise on the WP Builds podcast. We've got a few slots at the moment and we've got audio ads and banner ads and it would really help us because it keeps the lights on over at WP Builds. The WP Builds podcast is brought to you today by the Page Builder Framework. Do you use a page builder to create your websites? Well, the Page Builder Framework is a mobile, responsive, and lightning-fast WordPress theme that works with Beaver Builder, Elementor, Breezy, and other page builders. With its endless customization options in the WordPress customizer, it's the perfect fit for you or your agency. Go to wp-pagebuilderframework.com today. And WP Ultimo. Could you imagine having your own profitable network of WordPress websites that can be 100% set up and configured by your clients? Make it a reality with WP Ultimo. Payments, plans, limits, templates, customization, it's all taken care of. Just download the plugin, configure the options, and you're ready to go. Visit wpultimo.com today to find out more. And we do sincerely thank our sponsors of the WP Builds podcast. 
Okay, today David and I are talking about pricing, website pricing. As always, you know, the caveat is that David and I don't claim to know a great deal. So it's just us talking about the things that we've come across, different ways of pricing that we've heard about before. So it might be things like charging a one-off fee, value pricing. It might be things like care plans and so on. There's a whole heap of interesting stuff in this field and no doubt this is something that you've wrangled with in the past. Go check it out, leave some comments and let us know what your thoughts were. Thank you so much for listening once again. And today's discussion is, well, it's about pricing website services, but we don't know what to call it. Maybe we should have had this as a competition that could win a jelly bean if they give us a better <laughs> title, but it'd be too late. And still, after the podcast, they can tell us what we should have called it. How much for a website governor I came up with? And I came, came up, up with, with, we know nothing about website pricing after our lengthy discussion before we pressed record. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Actually, I don't know how well this is going to go. I think we concluded that we we're going to take up hairdressing courses and do some proper work for change. Yes, I'm going to <laughs> go into uh, millinery and um, <laughs> something like that. <laughs> Anyway, so let's. We wrote down, didn't we, what we think is the sort of most popular advice when coming up with prices for website projects. So we're going to run through that first, and then we'll ramble on about our own thoughts on it. Just before so we begin, um, yeah. if that's all right, I, w I was thinking that when I receive a bill from just about anybody these days, I'm, I'm always struck by how kind of arbitrary the pricing is. You know, so for example, uh, I very often receive bills for exactly £100 or exactly £99 or something like that. And uh, it kind of made me feel, just before we begin, a lot of this is very arbitrary. What we're about to say is just our own thoughts. I don't honestly think there's a right answer. There's just what suits your circumstances. Um, you've just got to you've got to make it up to some extent, and so that's that's what we're going to do. Tell you what we've made up, or what we think other people have made up. Yeah, exactly. Well, there's some general advice, at least out there. I mean, the one that I hear quite a lot of times is that you kind of start with what you need to earn in a year, and then you kind of divide up the number of projects that you can do in a year. Say, so if you're a freelancer working from home with minimal outgoings as most of us have and you needed to earn fifty thousand pounds and you could do 10 projects in a year as your estimate so you would need to charge 5k per project but the advice is generally to double that mm. so you you set yourself a target annual sum of money that you would like to go through your books then you decide how busy you want to be. So in your case, you've just described £50,000 as the amount you'd like to, to have go through your books. Um, and you'd like to do roughly one project a month, say, with a bit of holiday thrown in. So that's 10 projects, which gives you your figure of £5,000 per project. It, it all It's perfectly logical. There's nothing, nothing wrong with that, is there? I can absolutely see the sense of it. The... The difficult thing, I suppose, with this model is that it requires you to achieve all of those things. <laughs> you need to achieve 10 projects in a year, otherwise you're going to be underpaid. And you need to achieve the exact right amount per project. Um, but yeah, assuming all of that is, is going to work, that seems like a fairly sensible place to start. Yeah, it does. And generally, people say double to allow for all of that extra time. Because, I mean, we do spend a lot of time. Well, I think there's periods of the year which 
when things go quiet, people are not going to start work just before Christmas, I don't think. Mm. Not many projects are going to come in then. And I think there's also summer periods as well when things go quiet, when people are taking leave. Yeah, it also doesn't account for things like holiday time Mm. where you just wish to Mm -hmm. take time off and it doesn't account for things like uh, a month where you miss um, that target so you're right if you start with fifty thousand pounds and you divide that over 10 projects a total of five thousand if you put in um, say double the amount then all things being equal if you hit all of those targets you'll make double the amount but there's a bit of wiggle room for for when things go pear-shaped and you know, suddenly you have to do something for a week that you didn't expect to do, that kind of thing. The hard bit is like 50,000 isn't a lot to be no. asking for, but that no. means that you have to quote your web projects at 10K. Yes, yes. And that, that I suppose, is where the th- this whole model breaks down is because it's completely contingent upon this this idea of just doing 10 projects. Now, raise your hand if you've got yourself down to doing 10 projects a year i expect there's quite a few hands still under the table because that's <laughs> that's a small amount isn't it of work which typically i would do significantly more than 10 projects in a year so maybe yeah. this is an, an aspirational thing and it's purely coming at, at it from a an academic point of view and just giving you some basis in what what you need to be charging to to justify yeah. yourself to your accountant, um, to give you an idea of the kind of numbers you need to be talking about if you wish to be profitable. Yeah, yeah. And then I think um, on top of that, I think it's still a follow-on is the the value pricing model, which is kind of very popular at the moment, which is where you effectively are quoting according to the value that you will bring to a client. So. Mm. It requires that you listen to them and understand what it is that they want. And uh, I think it relies on having certain sales skills as well. So, Mm. but anyway, under this model, you could say that you want to get 10K for a job, but should it become clear uh, under value pricing that the value to the client is going to be much more than that, say they are 300K or something they make from their website a year, you probably boost that price up to 30k yeah i suppose this depends on a bit more research doesn't it and a bit more knowledge about the person that you're dealing with so for example if you can in some way ascertain roughly speaking what their annual turnover is or better yet what they make from the website you know if they're making Mm. a million pounds a month from the website cough (laughs) that would be good (laughs) then um then clearly there is a little bit of money to be thrown around on this project. Whereas, you know, if you, after a bit of research, you, f- you figure out they're making £2,000 a month, there's, there's obviously less. So you need to do a little bit more background research. But uh, it seems like a reasonable uh, position to take. But you're right. I think it does require sales skills because no doubt you're going to be up against other people also proposing to, to carry out this website build. And you've got to have the right hustle and the right chutzpah and the right set of communication skills and documentation and what have you to, to, to price yourself if somebody else is just coming in on a, on a one-off fee based upon the time that they're selling. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, we're, we're banding about these numbers. I've never charged anything close to this for any of the jobs. So yep. this is, you know, just what 
we kind of hear and what we pick up on how people might do it. But uh, and there's another a bit of wisdom. We'll cover this before we move on. But uh, the one is not to charge hourly rates when you're charging for jobs. That's I think most people tend to agree that. I've kind of managed to eradicate that from my business. Um, it, I genuinely I can't remember the last time that I uh, did this that I charge for an hourly rate. I mean, it, in effect, my my care plan is kind of a bit like that because I do offer a period of my week, uh, sorry, my month to the people who are on my care plans, but. It isn't as well because very often they don't take me up on it. They don't require that half an hour or whatever it might be, and and I get paid whether they whether we have that or not. So and it's also wrapped up with other things like hosting and um, you know updates of plugins and so on and so forth. So it's not just a a, a one off hour of work. Um, but I suppose yeah. that, that you know there's a there is a business model in there. If if you do get a lot of people phoning you up asking to make amendments here, there, and everywhere, you could charge a decent hourly rate um, for mm. small little jobs. There's nothing wrong with it. It just isn't the way I'm working things through. Yeah, and I mean I think the argument for not hourly rates is just you know that idea that you'll be trading your hours four dollars and effectively you're the same as an employee you're not building yeah. up a business yeah. with that approach yeah. and and I, there's another side i think if you tell people your hourly rates they may not understand if they start to see you as an employee your hourly rates need to be much higher than the average employee because of all the other costs that you have but particularly learning time and dead time that we have yeah yeah yes i agree if if your entire business is based upon an hourly rate then that that is going to be really hard because you'll need an an awful lot of money uh, sorry an awful lot of time every week consistently without gaps in order to to be profitable but on the other hand if you've got some clients who are for example on your care plan and they are your clients and you've built the project for them i can't see i can't see personally the harm in doing a little bit of that if they just simply want to update something which you know is going to take a couple of hours, uh, you could charge them a, a decent hourly rate for that. I, I can't see why not. Espe- an example might be for I've got a, a client who recently um, asked me to update their website. And and I've they've been on a care plan for absolutely ages and they very, very rarely asked me to do anything. So I happily did the three, two, three, four hours. I can't remember it, hours of work, and I didn't bill them anything because I figured that over the last year they've more than paid for that time, and they've been incredibly good about not abusing mm. the, the the monthly um, time that they've got allotted to them. On the other mm. hand, if it had been a client who always attends those meetings and always uses up their time, but they wanted a similar piece of work quite happily do it for them when I could fit it in uh, on an hourly rate. So I think a bit of mix and match works well for me there. Yeah, no, I can see that. So the other common advice, maybe less common, this one is just don't discount your services. Right. Um, I don't know. Have you heard that? Well, is this kind of a bit where you're in that position where you're vying for a a project and the client comes back and says, actually, we've got a rival bid. We'd, We'd love to go with you. You put in the best proposal. We love it. But... You're one thousand eight hundred pounds more expensive than the other one. Can you lower your lower your price? Is that what we're talking about? 
Uh, no, but that was a good one. Ah, what <laughs> what I was thinking about is actually, you know, sticking up discounts saying that we have a special this month. <laughs> you know, um, get... I've never, ever, ever done that. I'm trying to think if that's true. Yes, that's true. I've never done it. No, uh, but actually what you just mentioned that I never even thought about. That is that is quite a good thing. Would you would you discount? If I have done a discount, a... actually, um, probably about seven months ago. I had put in a, a bid for a project that I really wanted to do. It was quite interesting. I, I actually wanted to do the site. And so my pricing was, it would, I, would have, I would have done quite well out of it, shall we say. You know, it would, I think I could have turned a, a healthy profit. And they asked me to lower the price. And on, I was on the call. There were three of them on the call against me. And it was one of those moments where I thought, well, I'll just roll the dice and see what happens. They, they, I, they said, can you lower your price? I plucked a figure out the air, said it, and they immediately accepted. So mm -hmm. one of those moments where you think, oh, I should have said less. But equally, I was very happy at that point for that negotiation just to be finished and to get on with it. So it, it worked well. I was happy. They were happy. Um, yeah. but, it, but it did come out of having a having a, a point, let's say that the, the original proposal had some wiggle room in it. I could go south and still still turn a, a decent enough profit. Yeah. Okay, now that seems fair enough. I mean, I've heard a lot of people say, um, if somebody wants to kind of cut your prices, you, you kind of should follow that up with, well, we'll cut out some of the things that we would be doing for ah, you. Yes, yes. You know. I have a sort of a la carte proposal where I put in the essential stuff, which the website cannot function without. And that's the core price of the proposal. And mm -hmm. then there are a bunch of things which they can add in. And so that's the wiggle room, really. Um, yes. You, know, you could sort of say, well, yeah, that's fine. We can we could knock £1,800 off. That's no problem. But we'll, we won't do this and we won't do this and we won't do this. And we'll come back to that maybe in six months time or something. Yeah, yeah. There's something uh, the next one that I'm going to mention that I know you do. It's a bit of pre-qualifying clients with a minimum price, just yeah. to make sure that you don't get the ones that you can't serve. Well, it's interesting. I took this tip from WP Elevation, and the idea was to well, there's a whole raft of things that that they suggest that you do, and one of them was have a fairly complicated form. So they've got to fill out. Probably takes about. 10 minutes to actually fill out the form, but probably it takes half an hour to actually think about what you're going to put in that form. And one of the last questions is about the budget. And so you put in these tiers of the budget, but inver invariably people pick the lowest one. <laughs> so I'm not sure. I'm not sure in terms of payment. I'm not sure how useful that is because I always get the, 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 the smallest of the, the boxes ticked. So, I suppose it is qualifying them in a sense. It's it's qualifying them to me. I always look at it and go, oh, there's another one. You know, they've ticked the <laughs> smallest box. But it's also not a crazy small amount. I think it's £5,000. Yeah. So it's not, you know, it's not £500. So in that sense, it is qualifying them. At least they've entered that form safe in the knowledge that really that's where we're beginning. Yeah, that sounds that sounds to me like most people. This is what I would guess would happen. Most mm -hmm. people have got a lower quote in mind, um, because I, I think you know if you just do a search. If I did a Google search before 
we had this chat, we didn't talk about this earlier, uh, just how much does a website cost? And it came up with lo a lot of articles. A lot of those are about building them yourself. But there was, you know, I think the top quote was there, you know, expect to pay somewhere between uh, $100 to $300. Or maybe you can pay up to 30 k <laughs> if it's a big project. Wow. I just thought, well, that kind of leads you there, you know. Or, you know, so if anyone's done that kind of thing, I'm not surprised that they might be low. And so your form has just told them that actually yeah know, it gives it gives a, an expectation of the the realistic cost of it i'll tell you what though i never because i would because i would see it as a complete waste of time for them i've never mm. had the discussion of look here's my justification for these prices i never sort of break down you know what what i need to survive i don't go into that because nobody wants to hear that but it would be Sometimes I think when when they come to you and say, "Well, could I have a website?" and it, I've only got five hundred pounds, it would be good to have a little document that was politely worded that I could show mm -hmm. to them, saying, "Well, actually, if you think about this for a minute, look what five hundred pounds actually would get you." You know, think about mm -hmm. the fact that I've been doing this for a certain period of time, and there's costs, there's hosting, there's all sorts of things involved. £500 doesn't really even get you begun on that journey in the way that my business is set up. But mm. I haven't got a document like that. If anybody's got a document like that, please can I borrow it? <laughs> <laughs> you know, what? I've done something. I mean, my, my own business website's homepage, I just changed it. We had a discussion. We didn't talk about this earlier, but mm. we've talked about it previously uh, about me bringing in this new, um, basically just set up a astra site in fact for people yep. and for those have a real low budget thing so they pay and they don't come on our hosting they're not really my ongoing client if they need a real low budget thing but i that's led me to having this kind of pricing table which kind of gives some indication about where you move mm. in terms of what you can expect from us as you move up to the different prices so once you get over you know, a thousand, you start to go into a different and then over 2000 into other things that we can do for your business. Mm. Yeah, the, the truth is any price has has merit. You know, you can build a website for 300. Well, let's say yeah. dollars, just keep using dollars. You can build a website for $300. Equally, you can build a website for $3 million. It's just a question of, A, whether or not there's any profit in it, whether you are happy to do that. Um, but also, um, you know, do, do you do you really want to go down the route of having lots of projects? Because if you are going to go down the, the $300 <coughs> route, you've got to be very, very careful that you can keep sustaining that because you need to do one of those every few hours, basically. You know? <laughs> There was somebody on Facebook group who was talking about that. They, they would be sent, this is in India, they would be sent, I think, something like the, um, 50 new websites a week or something like that. But they had to be done the equivalent. This is in India, and it had to be the equivalent of $100. Wow. Um, per, yeah, per site. Um, <laughs> but you know what? It, it's It's... Perfect. I mean, if you translate the costs, you know, if you, you think that it's kind of what you'd need to be paid would be about a quarter of what you'd need to be paid in the UK. Okay. You know, you can see how that's like really a 400 
uh, yes. pound site. Yes. I've gone back to pounds again. Okay, so, fine, you know, it's possible. Yeah, if you churn those out, if you were churning out, you know, simple templated sites and, and just inputting some other change data so they were all templated, you could still make a profit out of that. Well, if, if all the leads... Sorry, yeah. <laughs> no, I was just going to say because the leads were being sent directly to them, you know, so... Yeah, if you've got no you know no requirement to go chasing those leads and there's absolutely no downtime and all that you're doing is sitting at the computer churning out websites and you've got a system for it and you can spin up a website in a matter of seconds and dump the plugins or files or themes or whatever that you need yeah i think you're absolutely right if it's going to be templated i mean look squarespace and wix and weebly and all that they do it they they made a business out of i mean a really 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 healthy big business out of doing exactly yeah. that, and there's yeah. now a movement within WordPress. This website as a as a service, Waz or Was or whatever, however you pronounce it, mm-hmm. of people trying to do this, and it, it can be done. So pricing is not one size fits all. That's for sure. Yeah, absolutely. The last bit of common advice, I don't know if that's true, is that low budget clients can be more demanding or equally demanding. Because I think most people are coming from the perspective with most of these models i think coming from the perspective that if you don't don't charge enough then you're going to end up underpaid because it will take you the same length of time to do a you know a website for yeah. 1k as it does for 10k possibly what's I your experience this. with that do you but <laughs> do you believe that statement to be true i've you see i've gone see none of this is what i do i do the complete opposite to what is good advice um and, and I think it's because I decided to just, I wanted different things for my business. I wanted freedom from time. So I didn't mm. want big projects where they, I would have to chase after people for things. I didn't want to be involved in meetings because I'm away. So I decided to put um, effectively my care plan. But in my case, it's more like extended hosting. It doesn't take up our time as mm. the thing that scales up. Mm. And, the, and I charge for the hour to make the websites and I do all the opposite things. I do the low budget clients. I've, I've introduced an even lower astrocyte type thing for lower budget clients, but not because I want those, not that I want to churn out those sites, only because I started to realize that a lot of the low budget clients actually were just uneducated clients to why they might need to spend thousands rather than hundreds. Okay. Oh, that's interesting. So no no problems. I mean, my my experience is that there is a little bit of truth in this. Oh, excuse me, I've just dropped something. My experience is that there's, yeah, a little bit of truth in this, in that I, I definitely have, have had clients who have been on the lower end and, and they, they have had the same demands, if you like. I suppose that's the problem. They have the same demands as somebody paying a bit more money, but I feel like I can't give them anything that they want because they haven't really um, paid commensurate with those requirements. Um, yes. But I think they're probably equal in their demands. It's just I feel a little bit less um, less less forgiving of them because yeah. because I haven't been paid. Um, I've I've never yet really had a really horrible client who's paid me very little and and has demanded the earth. But I've I think I've probably got fairly close to that. Yeah, you know, I mean, I'm a big defender of the low budget client I know, because you they're love my, it, yeah. um, my they're my client. But the thing is, there is a truth in it, and I think it's just a truth 
with anything, if there's less money around and perhaps less education with mm. certain clients, then maybe not going to be as understanding about what it is that we do. They're not going to quite see the value. Mm. And I think that's why they're demanding. But I don't think it necessarily goes with the amount of money they have. They could be educated and they, they just very budget conscious at the moment and they're only going to spend uh, less you know they haven't seen yet the value and they don't trust it so there are people that are kind of like me i don't like to spend anything where i don't know i'm going to get some return <laughs> yeah <I know laughs> what you mean so you do you know what i mean but i'm not a fool well <laughs> that's open for debate but you know <laughs> what i mean <laughs> uh they you know so I, I i don't necessarily think low budget but i i don't you know, it is a case of you do need to sort of find out what it is or where they're coming from on those budgets. But I think a lot of people just put a blanket, no, I'm not going to do that. And I think that's perfectly fine. Yes. But I, I think you could, I believe, and this is why I've gone a different way, just to be different, is I, I'm working on the basis that I think if I get those low budget clients, I might be able to show them the value and they, over time, will continue to keep spending more and more as they see that it's actually producing them some results. Yeah, I think a lot of people do very well out of that model, don't they? The idea that you you begin low, but the lifetime value, you might describe it, of a client, yeah. even if you build them a site for, oh, I don't know, let's say $1,000 or something, which is fairly modest, then yeah. over the next five years, you are charging them a monthly fee and it all adds up. Um, that that's a that if that works for you that's that's very attractive I think if you can if you can be sure that you can keep them on board I'm I'm fairly I'm fairly bullish about that when I when I get a client and I manage to get them on the care plan I they, they tend to stick around I've I've lost very few so mm. I I think that would give me leverage you know especially if I'm doing a rebuild of a website because it's gone a little bit out of date and they want a refresh. And I know that they're on a, a monthly retainer and they have been for several years. That definitely affects my pricing because I feel, okay, I, I can trust these people. I know they're not going to phone me up and ask me for silly amendments all the time whilst we're building it. And I know who I'm speaking to. I can actually get onto the phone with them. The pricing will be will be different and ref because of the trust that we've built up over time. Yeah. Do you know, it's interesting um, that I was talking to somebody, a little private message, and they were wondering whether to have a care plan. And I was saying, I think it's probably a good thing, but it depends. And they didn't want all that hassle. And mm -hmm. I just thought if you this is it's an extra service we've added that balances things out. And I think more and more people think it's sensible to have it. But if you weren't doing that, I think you would you would definitely need to go to that first thing we mentioned about setting how much you need to earn and how many projects you had, because you would absolutely depend on that money, wouldn't you? Yeah. And I think, I think there's, I cannot think of a downside of having the, the care plan, to be honest, you know, I think hosting these days is reliable. WordPress is reliable. If you select a quality set of plugins and various bits and pieces that you attach onto WordPress for their reliability and you're thoughtful about that, then you're probably, fingers crossed, touch wood and all that kind of stuff, you're probably not going to have too many problems from that point of view. And hosting these days is quite reliable. You know, you don't really feel too many questions about that these days. Yeah. So I think it is, I think it's worth pursuing. The The idea of not doing that to me seems a, a bit silly. You should you give it a go 
see if it works because so many platforms manage WP and main WP and all these things can can automate a great deal of that stuff. So I I can't see why not. No, I think from their point of view, it was something that they felt there is one side of it. I mean, if you're looking after people's hosting, then you're you are kind of responsible 24 seven. Yeah, there is that for their websites. Yeah. So I think that was their thing. They wanted to get a project done and out of the way. And then I think they would need to charge definitely more for that because they wouldn't have that extra income. Yeah. The, the the other thing to throw into all of this, of course, is the fact that pricing for any industry is based upon, well, the the difficulty of doing that job, I suppose. So as an example, somebody who works serving uh, drinks in a pub is going to receive less than a brain surgeon because, you know, anybody can serve drinks in a pub. Very few people can successfully operate on somebody's brain. And these days, global economy, you've just been talking about these, you know, these Mm. folk in India who can work for $100 on a website. Mm. It is, there is a very low barrier to entry to this industry. You know, (laughs) most of us fell into it in some way, shape or form. Maybe we were dissatisfied with the job or we were tinkerers on computers the and i mm. think that's that is a big thing thrown into the pricing because there's always going to be somebody in your area if that's if if your niche is your area which it is for me there's always going to be somebody coming along some 18 20 year old who set themselves up and done exactly what you did all those years ago and who is willing <laughs> to work for a lot less and that really does affect the pricing because the competition these days is so so seriously seriously difficult to overcome yeah, absolutely. And, you know, one of my, uh, I think a lot of us, I still feel that I'm starting up in this, even though I guess <laughs> I've been at this. <laughs> I mean, I've been making my money solely off making websites for about six years now, but it still feels like I'm still working out to mm. how to set up. And I've got, I've got the advantage of, you know, many more years, 12 years or something working with, uh, with, WordPress and all that. But I do think, you know, if you try and set up on that original model that you're going to go into this as a new business and you don't have that experience, are you really, could you ever be worth five or 10K on your first projects? Oh, goodness. Yeah. I, I Do you know what? The, the more that we, the more that you and I talk about this stuff, the more it becomes obvious to me that it's sales. If you're good at sales and you have yeah. the, the, that raconteur capability, you can just switch on the charm and do the talking and don't fear those pauses and you don't fear the conversation about <laughs> money and you're quite happy to throw out the £30,000 figure and sit there in silence and nod when they <laughs> when they rub their chins and go, that's a lot of money. Yes, it is a lot of money, isn't it? But it'll be worth every penny, et cetera, et cetera. I think it's, if you're good at that, you'll be successful. Yeah, there is so much sales in this. And sadly, because I'm rubbish at it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, I don't think I'm so bad at doing that. I just don't do it. You know, Mm. I go for these low budget things. I think I can do it because of my experience in my old job having to knock on people's doors. You know, you had to hold your nerve with people then. Um, It it is the dichotomy that we face, though. So many of us in our little Facebook groups all around WordPress development, we're so very, very good at the technical side of things. The building the sites is no problem. We can do that until the cows come home. Our problems are all around the other stuff, the the talking to clients, the documentation, the building, the, the relationship and the trust and 
scoping out new stuff, finding new work, getting out there, networking and all of those kind of things. I, if, if we could all click our fingers and make those things work, I'm sure we'd be, well, <laughs> we'd all be out of work because we, you know, we'd yeah. all be really good at it. But I'm sure that a lot of us know that problem. We'd far rather sit at our desks um, and let somebody else worry about that. And if you're lucky in that you work in an agency and somebody just sticks the work in front of you, that must be quite a nice feeling. Yeah, you know, uh, but I, I'm, I'm a bit of a coward, I guess. So I try and, if you like, try and give. Uh, I start off with a low cost, and then I try and prove my worth, and mm. then try and move move what they're going to pay me over time as mm. they see it. So mm. I don't go in. But I'm sure there are people out there who, with very little experience, can just go and say, "Yes, I'm worth this," and get away with it. You know. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I don't know if that's a good skill to have, but. Uh, it's certainly one that we need a little bit of. It, I, I would love it if somebody could take all that side of things away from me, you know, the whole scoping out and finding clients. But the way my business is set up, uh, I, I do all of that. And, and I'm okay with it. I, I can do it. It's it's proven to be possible for me. But that would be one area if I could um, join forces with somebody who was good at that and it worked out as as a as a profitable venture yeah. that that would be great i'd love for somebody to just say look there you go there's your website please build it I've, i'll move on and find another one for you hey, one thing we didn't mention on this you know we talked about value pricing and you price according to that but there's also i think things go into the the higher range when you have to deal with a certain types of businesses so if you were dealing with government bodies doing a project isn't quite the same as it as doing with a one-man operation yeah sadly i've really got no experience on that level i am the one-man operation you know not only have i never been asked to do that kind of work but i know that if i was ever asked to do that kind of work i would probably run away because i'd be (laughs) so terrified by the you know the requirements of things like government i've done some fairly um medium-sized business websites but I've never done the larger stuff. And so when that came along, I, I, I don't know what I'd do, actually. Would I would I take it on? Probably not. I'd probably just hand it over to somebody else that I knew who was part of a bigger organisation who could cope with it. Would you ever take on a great big project? No. Well, because I work for a government agency. and uh, my first, <laughs> You know. <laughs> well, exactly. And I, and, and I built this. One of my first projects was building this thing for my staff, and they took it on as a a nationwide thing to rebuild it with their own developers there. And I was involved in the setting up of it. And it's just so interesting how long it then took. So right. what I built, basically they rebuilt on a different platform what took me a weekend to do. It took them a year to do and endless meetings. And, you know, so <laughs> if I was quoting me for that job, you know, it might be, a thousand pounds because that might have been the time that it took to get actually it actually yeah 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 it would have been i'm sure it would have been 50k for them because well, of, that know, the stuff top. has to be factored in doesn't it you know if you're building these great big websites and you know that there's going to be endless meetings and checking and rechecking and no that won't yeah. be quite right we need this moving over here and we need this thing put in the footer and we've got to have these legal notices and actually no that was all wrong we've got to change our minds again for the fourth time yeah. presumably that's where a lot of this money goes just dead time i know that a lot of these big projects for things like the national health service in in britain it's just massive yeah. amounts of money just get sunk into just meetings and bureaucracy and very little on the actual development time 
So yeah. presumably that's all factored in. These big agencies who do these big projects know that a lot of the yeah. time is just going to be time spent throwing money in the bin. Yeah, they know. They, I mean, in my experience, I mean, uh, I certainly know with our agency, you know, they had other web projects, you know, they never came come in on time. They're, they, they're years out of time. Wow. You know? Wow. You know, so your you, clients fact, coping with that, they just would freak out, wouldn't they? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So anyway. There we go. Okay, so after that, I think if we judge our title once more, um, you had you had how much for a website, Governor? I had we know nothing about website pricing. I'm sticking with my title. We know we know nothing about website pricing. Actually, we know how to talk about website pricing. We've all we've got a good idea of what works. You know, we've got things like the work out what your projects, the number of projects that you want to do. We've got value pricing, hourly rates, discounting, pre-qualifying, low budget, and all that. Fairly nice discussion. The the truth, though, is every single person who is doing this, uh, listening to this podcast, they've got a different way of doing it. There is no one size fits all. If you can turn a profit doing it your way and you're happy, then you you go for it. Why not? Yeah, that's it. It's the profit, isn't it? And I think I think the only thing you have, when you get stuck on prices is because I don't think you know your own model yet. Mm. That's that's really the problem, isn't it? If you if you know what model you're going to employ, then I think the pricing becomes more obvious. And I think also we're also constantly being shown on our social media channels and feeds why somebody else's model is better than yours. You should be yes. doing this. You must be charging 10000 for a website or you must be charging this or you must be doing this or throwing this at clients or getting them, you know, upselling them on this particular new fad. Uh, maybe get good at what you yeah. do, stick with your model. If it's working, tweak it a little bit, try a few things here and there. But, you know, the grass isn't always greener. Yeah. Right. It's a lovely way to end. Perfect. Let's <laughs> knock it on the head. Okay, there you go. Thanks for joining us for our chat about pricing up websites. You've probably come across most of that stuff before. You've maybe implemented some of it before, but it was it was a nice chat that I had with David, and it's useful to just reiterate some of these points, even if you've heard them before. Thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate it. If you didn't know, we have a WordPress weekly news, which we put out on a Monday morning. You can join our mailing list. Go to forward slash subscribe. That's wpbuilds.com forward slash subscribe. And I will keep you notified about that. But if I don't see you for Monday's newsletter, we'll catch you here next week for the next episode of the WP Builds podcast. I will fade in some cheesy music and say bye-bye for now. Mm-hmm.